On Tuesday, August 10th, Barry Morphew had his second day of his preliminary hearing. On day one, they talked about Suzanne's bike, her helmet, and they also talked about the bombshell that Suzanne was having a secret affair with a man. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. She used to go to school with back in Alexandria, Indiana. You can see that video in the description box below, or I'll have that at the end of this video. So today we're gonna dive into the timeline that was given on day two of the preliminary hearing and the info that was given of Suzanne and Barry, the days leading up to May the 10th, the Mother's Day that Suzanne was reported missing. I'll also give you a few important points outside of that timeline as well. So now, let's get into it. In the two days of the preliminary hearing, there were eight witnesses that were supposed to be called to the stand, but they only made it through three. That's all they had time for. The judge actually cautioned the defense that they were burning through a lot of the time and to be cautious of it. Now, a lot of the time was spent with Agent Ken Harris and a former FBI agent named Johnny Grusing. And Agent Grusing was actually the third witness to be called. He only recently retired a few weeks ago and he had worked on a lot of no-body homicide cases. The Chafee County Sheriff's Office asked Agent Grusing to interview Barry because of his background in analyzing behavior. He also has experience in violent crimes. Now, throughout the day, they also talked about Barry's truck events based on the data that they had, and it was said that there were 625 pages of the report to be analyzed. Now, the data included the door opening and closing to the truck and when the brake lights were on, etc. They also included Barry's information from his phone as well as Suzanne's. They also touched a little bit again on Suzanne's affair with her lover Jeff and they talked about some more text messages that were exchanged and we will run through a few of those. Now they also talked about Barry having a wandering eye. And remember, in April of 2018, that's when Suzanne and Barry bought the Puma Path house and moved to Maysville, Colorado. Now, a while back, the interview room had a video on Barry about him growing up. It was a really good video, and it was actually talking about how Barry was loading all this stuff up 
for, to move to Maysville and it was just, there was no rhyme or reason. It was just all of his stuff crammed into the back of his vehicle and also a trailer. You can see that right here. They said that Suzanne was actually mortified about it. So that was April of 2018. Now, Barry became a volunteer firefighter in October of that year. And back in August of 2018, Suzanne had set up a LinkedIn account. This was one method that Suzanne used to contact Jeff. But in September, that's when Suzanne reached out to Jeff via Facebook and sent him a message saying, howdy stranger. They met a total of seven times and it became physical in February of 2019, 10 months after the Morphews moved to Maysville. Then Suzanne met with Jeff in February of 2019 and in July of that year, October, and also February 2020 in Florida. Jeff was supposed to come out to Colorado in March of 2020, but COVID hit. Now in July of 2019, Suzanne messaged Sheila, who's one of her best friends, and said to her that he wants a secret life in regards to Barry. Suzanne also talked about being suspicious that Barry was having an affair and because of that she ordered a spy pen, which I discussed in my last video. Now I do wonder at what point was Suzanne actually wondering if he was having an affair. I wonder if that was back in Alexandria. Uh, let me know if you know that answer and you can provide a source. Please do that in the comments below. So back to Barry's wandering eye. In January of 2020, Barry searched Ashley Madison and browsed the website. The front page says, life is short, have an affair. They talked in court about some of the deleted dating web history and one of them being Ashley Madison. Now, while it was brought up in court, it was reported that Barry sat up in his chair. Now, in March, the FBI asked Barry about another website that he searched called Celebrity Jihad, which is one of the other sites that he has searched and it's said to be a nude celebrity website with photos and videos. He also searched cute girls near Salida. Now Barry sent messages to Suzanne saying, I promise you, you are wrong about all the crazy thoughts about me. Why would I want another? Only a fool would stray from an angel like you. Now it was said when the celebrity jihad website came up in court, Barry now crossed his arms. Now the defense objected to this information and they said that they shared an iCloud account between the family so it's not clear who made the search. Now it was reported also that the defense was really upset about this and then spoke to the judge. When the daughters were interviewed by the authorities, they were asked about their parents' relationship and Macy was asked about her dad and if he was physically abusive and she told the investigators that she couldn't see him being abusive. But in the last video, it was reported that Suzanne was talking to her friend Sheila and she said that Macy had encouraged Suzanne to get a divorce and that Macy told Suzanne that she should get a restraining order against Barry if she needed to. Macy's boyfriend told investigators that Suzanne and Barry's marriage wasn't perfect and he said that Barry was a workaholic and wasn't home enough. He said he didn't hear that Barry was physically abusive. And also what was interesting is Barry was accusing Suzanne of sleeping with a man in the basement in November, according to one of Suzanne's friends named Holly. Barry tells Holly though, if I find him, I will shoot off his balls and shove them down his throat. Now I do wonder here what the actual story is, where this came from uh, of Suzanne sleeping with a man in a basement. I'm very, very curious. But back to Jeff, 
Barry claimed that he didn't know about Jeff and Jeff didn't believe that Barry knew about him. He said, if he knew about me, he would have came after me. I just don't think he knew that Suzanne and I were together. And three weeks before Suzanne went missing on April 21st, 2020, there were 20 messages sent between Suzanne and Jeff. They exchanged messages such as, I wanna be with you, I can only be me with you, I love you, I need you, you know I was born to love you. Now during court, not only did they talk about the spy pen, but they also talked about Suzanne using the Find My iPhone app to track Barry. Agent Harris said that sometimes Barry would turn his phone on airplane mode so that Suzanne couldn't track him. This is interesting dynamics that's all coming out here. Now onto the secret bank account. In April, Suzanne opened a Green Dot bank account. And you can access this account and withdraw money without having to go to the actual bank. A statement was sent to Suzanne via email about the bank account. Now the state objected to this information and said that it's beyond the scope, but the judge overruled it. And the defense asked Agent Harris if he looked into it and he said no. Now previously in my last video, both Suzanne's friend and Barry would ask questions to Suzanne like, how are you gonna pay for your treatments for cancer, etc." And this bank account was only one month before Suzanne went missing. Things were progressing, it seems, obviously in the relationship and not the good kind. Now also, they had made reference to a safe in the garage and Barry is claiming that $70,000 is missing from the safe. Now let's get into the timeline. On Tuesday, May 5th is when it was reported that Suzanne drove her daughters to Gunnison about an hour away from Maysville and dropped them off for their upcoming trip, which means Suzanne and Barry would be alone for the next five days, from the 5th to the 10th. Suzanne's text was shown and said, I wouldn't feel safe alone with him. She also said he's not stable and I can't win with him. He's too good at the manipulation. Now on Wednesday, May the 6th, there were some texts between Suzanne and Barry. There was an argument that happened that day and Barry says, I'm not having an affair, I would never cheat on you. Then there were two texts from Barry's phone that he later deleted, but investigators were able to retrieve it. On May 6, 10, 13 a.m., text message from Suzanne to Barry said, I'm done, I could care less about what you've been up to for years, we just need to figure this out civilly. Barry responds saying he loves her and if she doesn't believe him, then she doesn't know him. The other text that was deleted, Barry talked about suicide and said, when I'm dead, which won't be long, you guys will be taken care of. I'm going to see my savior. This life on earth is a mere grain of sand compared to eternity. The next day on Thursday, May the 7th at 7.25 a.m., Suzanne messaged Jeff and talked about how magical the last few days have been. Now, I'm not sure what the message was in reference to, but that was all that was said in a tweet. Very curious. And Suzanne messaged Jeff a lot throughout this day. Later that day at 4.43 p.m., Suzanne tells Barry that she's been studying all afternoon and she has veggie stew on for dinner. Barry texted a person that day about getting a new truck. He attempted to call Suzanne's dad, Gene. Now remember, Gene actually passed away on November 11th, 2020. Now, Barry also texted his buddy, George Davis. He was the buddy who was at the bike scene when Barry arrived. And I think he was also the one who did the 400 tours in Iraq and Afghanistan, according to Barry. Later, Mallory was sending pictures of their trip to Utah and also a text that said, finally got the job. Now, I do wonder if she texted uh, Suzanne as well that day. It wasn't clear. 
The next day on Friday, May 8th, Barry went and grabbed pizza at Moonlight Pizza in Salida. And while he was out, Suzanne sent a message to Jeff on LinkedIn and saying that Barry was gone for a bit. Now, Jeff messaged Suzanne and said, you look good in biking gear, babe. You need to be my wife. On this day as well, Suzanne wrote a list of 50 reasons why she wanted to leave the marriage. Some of the items on the list include, Barry had a lot of women on Facebook and said it was good for business. Suzanne had concerns about recovering from cancer with Barry still in the picture. She had concerns about cameras in the garage. Barry accused Suzanne of having a boyfriend and a wedding ring that Barry took and melted at some point. Now, agents also spoke with Barry about a time in Mexico when he tried to take her phone and look at it. Now, I wonder if this list was shared with Suzanne's best friend, Sheila, and that's why she wrote one of the reasons on there that she wanted to leave the marriage was because Barry was accusing Suzanne of having a boyfriend because technically she did have one. So I'm wondering if she sent that to Sheila to show her uh, I mean, this is just something of a guess. I don't know. Now, in that morning, it was said there were multiple calls between Suzanne and Barry. And at 9.28 a.m., Suzanne sent a text to her sister, Melinda, saying that Barry was abrasive and physically abusive and wanted out of the marriage. Melinda told investigators she didn't really know how to respond. And in a news interview in the past, when Suzanne was asked if, there were any red flags about her relationship with Barry. She said, yes, she definitely made implications that she had concerns about her safety and the condition of the relationship had, I think, deteriorated quite a bit over the last several years. Now at 10.55 a.m., Barry sends a text to Suzanne saying, I love you, Suzanne. Now at 1.18 p.m., Barry sends a text to someone who deals in hot tubs and asked about getting his hot tub fixed and when they could come out to the home. Between 8 and 9 p.m. now, which would be seven hours later, Suzanne's Facebook codes were reset and she friend requested 23 people in total, 20 of them were men. Now investigators asked Barry if it was him and he said no. And a while back, Andy, who's Suzanne's brother, was interviewed and he believed that the Facebook activity was at midnight, uh, that she was friend requesting. Now what's also interesting is Barry's previous employee, Morgan Gentile, she stated in an interview that Barry was actually working Friday night at the Riverfront site. So I wonder what time it was that Barry got home. And on May 9th, I just looked up to see the sunset time and it was at 8.01 p.m. The Riverfront site is located uh, between Vanderveer Road and County Line 105. And the questions I'm wondering are, was it Barry that reset the codes or was it Suzanne? And remember earlier that Suzanne lists that Barry had a bunch of women on Facebook. So could it be that Suzanne got angry and out of spite was friend requesting, you know, what's good for the goose should be good for the gander kind of thing. And if it was Suzanne and she was with Jeff, then why go request a bunch of men, right? So there's a lot of questions surrounding this. Now on this day, Friday, May the 8th, this is actually the first day of several that the authorities wanted the neighbors to go back through their camera footage right until Tuesday, May the 12th. And law enforcement wanted people to just hang on to the footage and not turn it in. So I'm curious whatever came from that, maybe the discovery will let us know, but I doubt it will be in this preliminary hearing. Could be though.
Now, Saturday, May 9th, there were all kinds of things happening on this day. It was said that the Bobcat was very active. But according to page 41 in the affidavit, it states that Barry's Bobcat was not connected to Suzanne's disappearance, which I find interesting. However, an important event happened on that day regarding Barry's Bobcat, something that he actually lied to the authorities about and later called it a mechanical thing he did to his Bobcat. I'll get to that in a minute. On this Saturday, the 9th of May, Suzanne tells Jeff that she had a fine night the night before, and she said she got some pizza, looked at homes for sale. She also follows that with still talk about Arizona, whatever that means. In court, it was actually stated in a tweet that the defense says, well, we're gonna move off the topic of pizza. So 6.46 a.m., Barry's phone went into airplane mode and it was said that it may have been triggered by something. Now, according to the cast report, it could mean that he's coming out of an area with poor service. We know that Maysville has poor service in and around that area. At 7.19 a.m., about 20 minutes later, Verizon records show Barry's cell phone received a signal. And the defense asked Agent Grusing, can a phone receive a signal in airplane mode? And Grusing said, I don't know. Now, it was reported that the defense was poking holes in the evidence when Barry put his phone on airplane mode on, you know, and off of it. I'm looking forward to all this info when the arrest affidavit comes out or discovery. Now, the state ends up objecting to many of these questions regarding this because of the repetitive nature, they said. The judge agreed and the defense continued. And the defense also wanted to take a break, but the judge said, no, we gotta continue on. Then, Barry heads to the riverfront area and works with Morgan. Morgan expected to work all day. She talked about his demeanor and said, and I quote, he was acting really weird about the beach area. I was like, Barry, what's up? He seemed stressed. He definitely seemed weird on Saturday. At 9.50, Barry messages Suzanne and asks, wanna go on a hike? At 9.52, Suzanne says, where? With no response. Later on, there was mention about summer tires on the Range Rover. I'm not sure the details of that. At 10.36 a.m., Suzanne says, wanna meet to hike? And 12 minutes later at 10.48 a.m., Barry says, no, coming home. Suzanne replies with, get hot tub stuff. Side note, Barry cut this day short at 11 a.m., even though Morgan said that she thought she'd be there all day. She said, he said that he had to go make the wife happy, do some hiking or biking. And then she said, and I found out like later that day, he was in town all day. Also note, the riverfront area was actually dug up later with a search warrant. And Barry had concrete poured, I believe it was the day after on the Monday morning that Suzanne went missing. And something must have led the investigators to that area. So at 11 a.m., Morgan and Barry leave the job site. Barry goes to the Tailwinds property and then he heads home around 11.30 to eat veggie soup with Suzanne. If he left at around 11.30, he would have made it home 15 minutes later at about 11.45 a.m. Now, five minutes later at 11.50 a.m. and throughout till 12.50 p.m., Barry's phone is pinged near the river by his home. And investigators asked him about this and why it was near the river. And he said, I was looking for a turkey that Mallory had shot some time ago. Now, this is interesting. Why would Barry need to be looking for a turkey that Mallory shot? And how long ago would that be that Mallory shot it? And it's interesting, isn't it, that Barry tells Morgan that he has to go make the wife happy. 
He tells Suzanne he's coming home, and instead of going hiking or biking, five minutes after he gets home, he supposedly goes looking for a turkey that Mallory shot long ago. Hmm. And wasn't he coming home to eat veggie soup? This is very interesting. And if I remember correctly, uh, let me know if you remember this event below. Pretty sure there was a hit by dogs back in last September, I believe it was, when there was a search. And I think it was on Profiling Evil that they were talking about that. It was near the river. I remember that because it was in the triangle. But stay tuned for that information. I'll get to the bottom of it. So after Barry's finished looking for a turkey, there's a 50-minute gap. And at around 1.38 p.m., Barry then left the home. When he left, Suzanne sent a message to Jeff and said, guess who's alone again? Now at 1.55 p.m., it said that the door opens at DSI and there is surveillance video as well. And I'm, I'm wondering if this is called Deesland Structures, Inc. I'm not sure, but they said DSI. By 2 p.m., Barry was getting his blade replaced on his bobcat. And remember how I said that Barry lied to the investigators and then fessed up about it? Well, he said he was doing that mechanical thing to his bobcat, but he didn't say he was getting his blade replaced on the bobcat. This is what he said. It was only because I didn't know the time that I did something, a mechanical thing, to my bobcat. I was confused and I just found out my wife was missing and I was a little bit not in my right mind when they were asking me these questions, but I did the best I could and I answered everything. So I find it interesting that he didn't say, you know, oh yeah, I was just getting my blade replaced on my bobcat or I was getting it fixed. He said it was a mechanical thing to the bobcat. I just find it interesting. Barry tends to have very interesting words. Now at 2.03 p.m., while Barry was getting his blade switched out, Suzanne sent a picture via LinkedIn to Jeff and it was of her sunbathing. She was lying on her front and taking a selfie. When Barry was shown this picture by investigators, Barry told them that she looked drunk and he described her eyes as drunk eyes and said it would take the edge off for the night. This was the last known photo of Suzanne being alive. Side note, when this picture was shown in court, it was said that the daughters were crying. And interesting here about Suzanne looking drunk in the picture, it was said that during the search of the house that an agent found a tranquilizer dart cap in the dryer. What's interesting as well is Mallory's bed sheets were stripped from her room. So I'm wondering if this sheet and trank cap were together that day or what happened. Barry said the reason that was because Suzanne likes to strip the beds before she has guests come. There was also one missing tranquilizer dart from a case of four. Now at 2.11 p.m., Suzanne tells Jeff on LinkedIn to switch apps and get on the WhatsApp app. 2.44 p.m., Barry arrives home and is said to walk around the house outside. Now Agent Grusing has a theory that Barry did something to Suzanne when he got home and suggested that he chased Suzanne around while she was conscious. This was based on information by phone pings around the outside of the home. And Agent Grusing asked Barry what he was doing outside and Barry responded, I shoot chipmunks, I have shot 85 chipmunks. But who's counting, right? And the agent asked Barry what kind of gun he used for the chipmunks and Barry said a 22. Now notable, as I mentioned, the tranquilizer dart cap was found in the dryer when that house was searched. So it's my understanding that that trank dart can be used with a 22. Another interesting point to note, 
Barry didn't talk about chipmunks on that May day, recalling or recounting the timeline. He didn't talk about those chipmunks until February 2021, which was nine months after Suzanne went missing. Now, the defense argued that Barry's phone could have been staying still in one spot, but it was pinging all over several places around out the outside of the house. And Agent Grusing said, that's why we asked him what he was doing. Also, this reminds me of the Daybell case. And I know some of you out there has already mentioned this as well. Chad texted and said he shot a raccoon on the fence and the raccoon was buried in the pet cemetery in his yard. And 16-year-old Tylee Ryan was found in that pet cemetery with no signs of a raccoon. Now at 2.47 p.m., three minutes later, Barry's phone goes into airplane mode and stays on until 10 p.m. And at some point, Suzanne gets a message from Jeff asking about the weather, but there's no response. At 4.44 p.m., almost two hours later from when Barry got back home, his truck door opens and closes. Sometime after that, Barry heads to a place called Salida Stoven Spa, which is a 13-minute drive from the home. And in court, the defense asked the agent about his theory, and she says, at 2.45 p.m., Barry did something terrible to his wife and then went to get his hot tub fixed. And Agent Grusing responded, I don't think their timing is accurate, referring to Salida Stove and Spa. Now, for someone who stated early in the morning that he wanted to make his wife happy and go spend some time hiking and biking, he went home, he looked for a dead turkey, shot chipmunks with his 22, changed his bobcat blade, and went to the hot tub store without Suzanne. I don't know about you, but his idea of quality time doesn't really ring a bell for women. And probably not for Suzanne either. Just an observation in my opinion. And we can't also forget the tranquilizer dart. Different idea of a date. And again, only one out of four of this trank dart was missing. So was it just one chipmunk that he had his eye on? Now, here's another interesting little tidbit. Barry's truck data said that the power was removed from his truck and there was a system reboot. Now, based on the truck power being removed and the agent saying that he doesn't believe the timing is accurate about that spa place. I'm wondering if Barry had a different vehicle. I don't know, it's odd. But at some point, Barry would go back home. Now at 9.25 p.m., the gear shift in Barry's truck goes from park to reverse and Barry moves backward in their driveway 95 feet at their house. At 10.17 p.m., which is almost an hour later, the phone was taken off airplane mode. The total time that he had his phone on airplane mode was seven and a half hours. Then we get to Sunday, May 19th, Mother's Day, the day Suzanne goes missing. At midnight or two minutes after midnight, according to the cast report, an incoming call comes in, but it's unclear from reading the tweet if it was Suzanne's phone or Barry's but I believe it's Suzanne's. Now at 2.17 a.m., an outgoing call happens, and I believe that's from Suzanne's phone, but I do have to clarify that. And at 2.53 a.m., Suzanne's phone made an outgoing call. Now at 3.25 a.m., Barry's truck doors open and close, and it was said that the phone moved towards where the bike was found. At 3.25 till 3.49 p.m., so about a half an hour, there were seven truck door events and six parking light events and and indoor lights. Um, so the doors are opening and closing 
At 4 a.m., it was said earlier in the investigation that witnesses saw Barry rambling down the road at 4 o'clock in the morning to gather people for a job, an unexpected last-minute job. Morgan stated that it sounded like Barry had the worst night of his life. And at 4.22 a.m., Suzanne's phone last pinged near Pontius Springs. At 4.30 a.m., which is interesting here, Barry told the authorities that he set his alarm for 4.30 a.m. Then at 5, Barry stated that two different versions, might even be three, he said that he supposedly kissed Suzanne goodbye, and the other version was he just let her sleep and then left Broomfield for the job. Another was that he was going to ask if it's okay to go to Broomfield. So the vehicle left at 5 a.m. from the driveway. Now at 5.37 a.m., they stated that the truck headed towards Buena Vista, which is 36 minutes from the home to Buena Vista and three-hour drive to Broomfield. Now at 5.38 a.m., which is just a minute later, Barry apparently texts and drives and texts his mom uh, for Mother's Day. At 6 a.m., Barry gets a call a little after 6. Now at 6.56 a.m., Barry texts Suzanne and he says, again, is he texting and driving or did he stop? My guess is he's still driving. Have to wait for that information to come out. He said, you up, happy Mother's Day, I love you. At 8.10 a.m., this is where it gets very interesting. Barry goes on a trash run. By 8.10, he stops at an RTD bus stop in Broomfield off Highway 36. Now, according to Google Maps, like I said, it takes three hours to get to Broomfield. But at the bus stop, the passenger side door open, and according to the data, and it took Barry two minutes to throw something away that was a few feet away from his truck. And Barry tells the agents he was throwing something away in the trash. Now, he was only 10 or 15 minutes, I, I believe, or from my understanding, away from the hotel. So why not wait another few minutes until he gets there, right? I mean, what's he throwing away that he can't wait another extra 10, 15 minutes? Now, 15 minutes later at 8.25 a.m., Barry gets to the Holiday Inn Express and he parked on the south side of the building. His truck doors open and close again. And he said he was hoping he could get a free breakfast. From my understanding about breakfast, he was waiting for somebody to come out or, or come from inside to there and get a free breakfast. Does not make sense to me. Let me know your thoughts below. Then trash number two run occurred. And agents said they couldn't get surveillance video on the south side of the building where Barry parked. Barry stated he couldn't remember what he threw away. Now Barry then moves his truck to the front of the Holiday Inn and walks in. Now at 8.38 a.m., he goes to his room. And it was reported that Barry had something small in his hand. He was seen carrying multiple items to his room. A grocery bag, hiking boots, a teal-colored piece of clothing, a darker black piece of clothing, and a light blue bag. And by 8.41, just three minutes later, Barry texts Suzanne and says, I made it to Broomfield but he doesn't call her. Now, while Barry is in his room, he changes clothing. He's now wearing a black V-neck shirt, hiking boots, and carrying a different grocery bag. It was said earlier that he was wearing a long sleeve shirt. Now, when asked about the hiking boots, Barry said that there were holes in the boots, but the laces were good. And so he wanted to take them into the room and remove the laces, but then trash the boots. Now, 
I'm very curious about this. You're gonna just trash boots and why care about the laces? What's so special about the laces? Is there blood on the laces? Like what's the deal with the laces? Now, 9.12 a.m., a half an hour later, Barry leaves the hotel and he goes up around the work site. He doesn't park, they said, and he then goes to McDonald's. I guess that free breakfast didn't happen. Now, don't you find it odd where we hear about these types of cases and there's always fast food involved, it seems. So now, while at McDonald's, Bear Bear does another trash run. According to the surveillance, he's seen pushing trash down in the trash with both hands. This is dump number three. And when asked what he was throwing away, Barry couldn't remember. He then goes to the car wash to clean his windshield. And then he heads to the parking lot of a men's warehouse store. The stop is believed to be a dumpster stop and he spends a good 40 minutes there. This is dump number four. Then there's another trash run, trash run number five, and the FBI has video of it. Barry mentions to investigators he had thrown away tranquilizer material. This is the only thing he would say that he threw away. Now, interesting, isn't it? I mean, he chased the chipmunks and used one dart out of a pack of four darts and shoots the chipmunk with a 22 and waits until he gets to uh, Broomfield and goes to a random dumpster to dispose of it after already throwing things out four times before. Why not throw it at home? Barry then goes back to the hotel and brings a large notebook with him and the papers are said to be messy. Then he leaves 20 minutes later out of the hotel with the notebook in hand and the papers were then neat. It said he changed shirts again into a gray t-shirt. He then went to the job site of that Broomfield wall and he did about 11 to 15 minutes of work. This job was for Garrett Construction and the company told Agent Grusing that the job would need a bobcat. The agent also mentions that they couldn't work on Sunday in the city of Broomfield and Barry knew about it. We did hear that in the past from Lauren Scharf. She talked about this Broomfield wall job and that they weren't supposed to be or not allowed to do construction on Sundays. Now at 11.20 a.m., Barry called Suzanne. At 12.06, he calls Mallory. At 12.27 p.m., he's seen on hotel surveillance moving two bags to a dumpster. Another dump run. He was throwing away a bag that was said that you can see a camel coat and a tree container. And then he was seen walking with his hands in his pockets with his head down as he walks away from the dumpster. At 12.39 p.m. he's back in the hotel. And 12.42 he is in his room staying until 5.55 p.m. Now it's said that his actions don't match the statements he gave to the authorities back when Suzanne first went missing, he claimed he had been working on that wall. And in a previous video, I had figured out during this time, it was possible that Barry was sleeping at some point in the afternoon. Uh, remember the day before he woke up early, he went to meet Morgan, searched for the turkey, the chipmunks, was up in the middle of the night, he was a super busy beaver, and then drove to Broomfield. And then with all those dump runs, I mean, we're looking at approximately 30 hours or up to 30 hours of being awake. Also, according to Jeff and Morgan, when they saw his room, they said the bed looked like it'd been slept on. Now at 3.30 p.m., he texted Suzanne to call him. 
and at 5.15 p.m. he got a call from Mr. Ritter, who's the neighbor, uh, and it was about Suzanne being missing. And Barry's statements about the call continued to change about where he was when he got the call, according to Agent Rusing. Now, a moment like that, which is a pretty profound moment, you'd think that you'd remember precisely where you were when you got a call that your wife of 26 years have been missing, in my opinion, just saying. When his workers arrived, uh, Jeff and Morgan, they said that the room reeked like chlorine. Now, since this new information came out, and since he visited this hot tub store, I wonder at this point if he brought chemicals to the hotel and purchased them at the, the spa. I, I'm not sure, but I thought about that. Now, Jeff said, I got there Sunday night and the room smelled like chlorine real bad. It was his room and he'd taken a shower. His towels were all over the floor. And the hotel confirmed that the hotel does not lose, use chlorine to clean the guest rooms. And they handed the security footage from that weekend to the police. And Agent Grusing also said that Barry wouldn't say what he did in the hotel room. He mentioned later on he was watching Fox News and a basketball show. And at 5.55 p.m. he left the hotel again with yes, another shirt change. Now after 6 p.m., Barry takes multiple trips in and out of the hotel entrance, bringing in tools. He asked the front desk if it's okay to do that, uh, to leave his tools for his workers who were coming later, and it was said they were hand tools. Now, Morgan and Jeff both stated that Barry didn't bring the tools they needed to finish the job. And Barry, it was said that he left it in a hotel cart. Now over the duration of this investigation, in regards to all those trash dump runs, Barry never did come forward and tell agents what he threw away that weekend. So Barry then arrives back in Maysville at 8.46 p.m. at the bike scene where it was found. He got out of the truck and asked where was the bike and was there a crash? And I mentioned this in my last video in regards to day one of the preliminary. Now, I don't know about you, but some of the information that's come out with Barry and Suzanne and their relationship almost feels like a cat and mouse type thing like oh yeah you're doing this so I'm gonna do that I could totally be wrong but it does seem like some of these little tiny things you know with the Facebook requesting if it was Suzanne it very well could have been Barry uh, but Suzanne believed that Barry was cheating so I'm wondering if she just kind of got fed up and said you know what whatever I'm gonna start messaging men as well back in 2018 you never know. I don't know what the circumstance is, but I find this very interesting. And when it comes to Barry's bizarre behavior with all the dump runs and, you know, waking up in the middle of the night and his phone being pinged all over the place, I mean, he technically wouldn't have found out about Suzanne being missing until later Sunday. So how can you account for all this bizarre behavior? right? And now that the two days of the preliminary hearing is over, many are concerned with what was presented. But it's not over yet. There's still two more days to go on August 22nd and August 23rd. I believe the prosecution will have their chance. The concern was and is that they didn't have or there wasn't enough time to get through it all. And it was said that the defense burned through a lot of that time. We did see that in the Daybell case as well. So it's going to be okay, I hope. And there were supposed to be eight witnesses in those two days and only took three. So, I mean, they're in a super time crunch at this point. What are your thoughts about the preliminary? I'd really love to hear them. And what are your thoughts now that this timeline is laid out and it's a little more clear?
I'd also love to hear about your thoughts about Barry and his trash runs, the chipmunks, the turkey, the trank dart. And let me ask you this, as I mentioned earlier, there was a lot of activity with that bobcat on that Saturday. Even though Bear Bear stopped working earlier that day to spend time with his wife, he even changed that blade on his bobcat later that afternoon. And authorities say that there isn't any evidence that it was connected. What do you think about that? Let me know in the comments below. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Please like and please share. Stay tuned for more videos. There's always more coming. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon. But that's not all that he searched for. In March, holy, that thing's loud. Still going. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.